Good song service. Thank the Lord for our young people. How they always such a blessing to us. Whew. Brother, you're right. It is warm up here. If you would, I'd like you to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Philippians in chapter 4 as we, we close out this study tonight in <clears throat> the book of Philippians. And of course, we, Lord willing, will be heading on into Colossians next. But as we look at this, I want you to think about something tonight that Paul is encouraging the saints of God at Philippi to one thing in particular. And that is the fact that, you know, in order to be happy, the only way to really be happy is to be in a place where you're content with what God has done with you, what God has done for you, and where God has put you. These are things that, you know, you have to know that the only time you're going to find real joy is when you realize God's in charge of my life. Regardless of what what comes, you know, a lot of times we look at things that happen, we question God, and uh, you know that's a that's just a normal thing for human beings to do. We question why uh, this happened or that happened, why we go through certain things in life. As we'll see tonight, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of people do not like this word. Uh, predestination, you know, how God has God has a plan for our lives. You know, a lot of people don't like that thought. A lot of people think, well, I am my own boss. I'll do what I want. You know what gets men in trouble and what makes men so unhappy? Doing exactly what they want every time. And, uh, you know, God has a way of uh, getting our attention from time to time. And I pray that tonight He'll allow us to uh, be fed with the Word of God and come to a place of realization that come what may, God's in control. Now folks, that's what we got to come to. Things that happen in our lives, we immediately begin to question, but we got to know that it is for our good and His greater glory, whatever it is. Or Romans 8.28 is not true. You see, Romans 8.28 is a portion of Scripture that a lot of people, they fight because they don't believe that even the bad things, so-called, that happen to us is of God's own choice and doing. A lot of people don't believe in the predestination of God's works and, and everything when it comes to mankind. But Paul says, Paul's letting us know tonight that, listen, this is God's plan. And the only way you're going to be happy to realize that God is in charge and in control of your life, that's when you come to real contentment, knowing that He has everything in His hands. Folks, I'll tell you, I've come to realize in my life that that's the only time that I've finally found rest for my soul. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm just talking about being in a place where I can be happy with whatever God has for my life. Now sometimes those things are not so pleasant. And sometimes you don't walk around with a big smile on your face all the time. 
But sometimes you got to realize that God is in God is in control of our lives. And here from verse 10 down through verse 23, the Bible says in verse in chapter 4 of the book of Philippians, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me have flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. And everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, and that is the beginning of his, of his ministry and everything, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. That's a reason why tonight that we, we support missionaries around the world and even in these United States of America. Paul was a, Paul was a missionary. He was a local missionary and he was what was known at that time as a world missionary just like we serve today. They need, they need the opportunity to be able to go to be able to preach the gospel, to be able to reach the unreached. How do they do that? By churches just like us reaching out to them. And Paul was talking to the church at Philippi and he said, as a matter of fact, when I began, you were the only ones that supported me. And you know what he said? I was able to get by with whatever it was that you gave me. The Bible goes on to say here as you, as you look at this in verse 16, For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that you may abound, that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Aphrodite the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to the riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he closes out this, this message, this letter, with the salutations and the exhortations from the brethren whether it was there with him or abroad he says salute every saint in Christ Jesus the brethren which are with me greet you all the saints salute you chiefly that are of, the, that are of Caesar's household the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all amen tonight I want to bring a message resolute determination to contentment. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, 
Lord, as we bow before your throne this evening, we do so with thankful hearts. Lord, we're thankful that you have allowed us the privilege to pastor this church. And Lord, down through the years, you've seen to it that their care for not only their pastor, but other missionaries around the world has flourished beyond measure. And Father, for that we are thankful because, because of that, men are able to go and spread the glorious gospel. They're able to start new churches. And Lord, I, I thank you that this church has a hand in those church startups, the salvation of lost souls that we may never ever see upon this earth. But one day we'll see them in heaven. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be mindful of the support that we do give our missionaries. Lord, I pray that we'll even look to greater outreaches, whatever it may be, whatever thy will is. But Lord, help us to realize that everything that we do ought to be because of you. And yet, Lord, we ought to also be thinking that everything that is, is because of you tonight. Lord, direct our minds tonight. Help us to realize that you are the great architect of our lives. You guide us. You lead us in a way that you want us to go. Lord, there may be things that we don't understand. But by and by, you reveal them unto us as we look back through time. And we realize that your hand was in our lives, directing and guiding us. Lord, I pray that you bless us tonight. Help us, dear God, to remain in a state of contentment. That we may rejoice in all that you do for us. Bless us this evening, Lord, and forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name is sake that I pray. Amen. <clears throat> Emmanuel, tonight as we close out this teaching on the Apostle Paul's letter to Philippi, we see an ending which teaches the saints to be in a certain attitude as it concerns their thinking and their everyday life. The Apostle Paul closes out this epistle with an exhortation to be content in whatever situation God allows these saints and these saints here at Emmanuel tonight to encounter. Life is what it is by God's own will, God's own pleasure, and for His ultimate glory and praise. I'm reminded once again of the truths found in the Scriptures where it talks in verse 11 not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And on over in the, in the book of 1 Timothy, we see here in chapter 6, and verse 6 down through verse 8, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith 
content. And then I'll go back over to the book of Romans and where we see that scripture that, you know, again, a lot of people don't really grasp the meanings of it. But listen and think about your own life tonight. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Now, I want you to look at that phrase. And we know that all things work together for good. Now, folks, I want you to realize tonight, as we look down through even verse 31 of this Scripture, the Bible goes on to say in verse 29, For whom He did foreknow, He did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called, and whom He called, he, them He also justified, and whom He justified, them He also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? These holy scriptures alone bring us to an understanding of the Apostle Paul's mindset and what he was teaching the saints at Philippi and the saints here at Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. Know that it is God who is orchestrating our lives for our good and His ultimate glory. Our sermon title tonight draws our minds to what our Lord's intent is when He gave the Apostle Paul these words of exhortation to be content wherever, whatever, whoever, and whenever He moves in our lives. Sometimes God does works which are, as we look at them, wrong. We say, how is God working in this or that situation? But God is the master architect of our lives. What we may look at as a major wrong or a terrible mistake or an accident happening in our lives, which I really don't believe in accidents, I never have, and I've always believed that God's in charge and in control of everything that goes on in our lives. Now that a lot of people can't grasp. But God is in control. And when we come to that point of realization in our own minds, that's when you realize that, yes, God has my life in His hand. And I will be what He intends me to be. Now, as we look at this, we need to realize that God is working a greater plan and working in our lives a greater and more effective way for us to exist and to live life to its fullest potential. So first of all tonight, as you look at the first two verses of Scripture, Philippians 4, 10 and 11, Paul here acknowledges the saints of Philippi for their thoughtfulness and their support as they provided as they were able to provide. He says in verse 10 and 11 as we go back to our text. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. That now at the last your care of me have flourished again. 
Wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I would speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You know, in Second in Second Corinthians, if you'll go back here for just a moment, Second Corinthians in chapter eleven, and I want you to think about some of these scriptures here. I know the first fifteen verses of this scripture speak to what we're dealing with even here tonight. And the Bible teaches us something here. Would to God you would you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. Paul was speaking to Corinth. You know Corinth had a lot of issues going on with her. She had a lot of problems. But yet Paul is speaking here in a way that he, he just wanted to try to get their attention on something that was necessary. Paul was speaking about how he really cared for this church. And any pastor, any pastor worth his weight at all, ought to care for all the church family. Amen? Ought to care for each and every one as if they were his own flesh and blood. And folks, I pray that you have seen that in your pastor over these last 19 or 20 years. He says, for I am jealous over you. And folks, I want you to know something. That's a true pastor's heart. He's jealous over them. He wanted to make sure that they were where he was teaching and what they were teaching and enjoying the things of life. He didn't want them running all over the neighborhood. He didn't want them running all over a, a creation, going, going here, going to this church and that church or this denomination or that denomination. He said, I'm jealous over you and I want you for myself. As You know, that's the way a pastor is. And a pastor ought to have that kind of feeling for his church family. You know, I, I believe that a lot of times people do commit spiritual adultery and that spiritual adultery is that with when we when we leave for something that was not planned in our lives. Now think about this. He says, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest less by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, you might well bear with him. For I suppose I was not a whip behind the very chiefest apostles. But though I be rude in speech. See I'm not the only one that doesn't use his English right. <laughs> I've spoke about those double negatives I throw out from time to time. He, Paul, Paul, was, Paul was admitting here that listen I'm not, a, I'm not an eloquent speaker. But know what his heart was. His heart loved the people of God. His heart loved the church family. And even here at Corinth, even though, uh, uh, even Paul, Paul had problems too now. Remember, Paul was, Paul was a man that if, uh, if it didn't go his way, now he would speak out on it. I'm talking about with his other 
uh, uh, fellow apostles as, as, as we saw at once other time. He said, but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly made manifest among you in all things. Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that ye might be exalted? Because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely? I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. And in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Of Achaia. Wherefore, because I love you not, wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth. But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. You know, even as, as one reads on down through chapter 11 and chapter 12, we gain an understanding of the apostle's life and, and his experiences. You know, you may think that because somebody was speaking out against the apostle Paul, they were trying to damage his ministry. They were doing everything in their power to destroy his reputation. He says, listen, I through it all kept on. Folks, what he was saying was he was being content even through his troubles and trials. Here in our text, the apostle relishes in the saints at Philippi's care and support for the man of God and the ministry of the saints. He acknowledges the fact that they cared for him and supported him as much and as often as they could. You know what, you go back for just a moment to the book of Proverbs in chapter 16, I believe it is. Proverbs in chapter 16. If I can get my pages to work right here. Let's see where I had that written down. I'm going to make sure. Proverbs 16. Verse 1 down through verse 9. The Bible says the preparations of the heart in, in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord, Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, 
Iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness. Now here's the contentment. Than great revenues with, without right. A man's heart deviseth his way. But the Lord directeth his steps. Tonight, as we look at this, we need to understand the, the, the nature of what Paul was saying here. Now secondly, I want you to think about this. We see here a giving and loving church family. In verses 12 down through verse 18 of Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul once again is in essence thanking the church at Philippi for her unwavering support and love. And church family, as I've stated many times down through these last 19 or 20 years of service, I need your support of love more than your support financially. Although it takes financial support as well, the greatest offering any church can give its pastor is the free will offering of love and affection to not only the pastor but to his family. The Apostle Paul says, I know how to get by with whatever God gives In whatever state we're in, he says, be content. It's like the old saying, and I had to go to my wife today because I heard her, I've heard Sister Wilma say this, use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. You know, as we, we think about that old saying, you know, I was, I was thinking about Paul and maybe some of the times in his lean years when he had to make everything stretch, when he had to make everything do. But you know what? God always saw a way to get him through every situation. All the way to the end of his life, everything that Paul done, everything that he accomplished, was by God's will and determined degree, decree. Paul was shipwrecked many times. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was imprisoned. He was bitten by a viper. And still yet, all those times, you know what he done? He just kept on keeping on. You don't quit when things get tough. He says, be content wherever you're at. That's hard to do sometimes, you know. To be content in your sickness to know that God knows all about it. That's a thing we need to get a hold of. God knows all about it. He feels our infirmities. And that means that He knows our infirmities. And folks, today as we look at these things that happen to us, a lot of times we do get upset. And to be honest with you, we get upset with God, don't we? We get upset because He's allowed this or that to come in our lives. But just wait a little while. Look back behind you when you get through it and see what God's done. God does miraculous things. We can't even begin to understand. At the time, we're upset. 
That's a time we don't understand. But when you get to the other side, you look back, you see what God has done. And you sit and stand amazed. So lastly, well no, this ain't lastly. Thirdly tonight, in verses 13 down through verse 19, the Apostle Paul here acknowledges once again Philippi's support and care. You see, this is what it's been through the whole ending of this chapter. The Apostle Paul, thankful for their care when no one else would or could. Verses 14 through 18, we see that. It takes us back to Psalm 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's, that means, that's a whole lot deeper than what just the surface of it is. I shall not want. I shall not lack. Whatever God's put me in front of, whatever God's put in front of me, God's going to give me a way to either go around it or go over it. It's, it's the determination that God gives His children to forcibly keep on keeping on. We go back and we think about 2 Corinthians in chapter 9. In 2 Corinthians in chapter 9, in verse 8 down through verse 15, notice what it says here now. I hear pages turning. I'll wait just a moment. The Bible says in verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. You know why? Because He's the God of all grace. He's the God of the grace of living. He's also a God who has grace for dying. God gives His children dying grace as well as living grace. And he says here, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound in every good work. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both ministereth bread for your food and Multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. How many times have you been in a position not knowing where to go, what to do, or how to do it. And somebody comes by and lends you a hand, a voice, a word. And all you can do when you get to it is thank God for what He's done for you. <coughs> While by the experiment of the ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. And for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. This church here has been a loving and giving church all down through the years. I look back in my mind and I think about all the times we've not just helped the minister. We've not just helped 
the missionary. We have helped people in the community. We have helped those who were down on the look. We've helped those pay their electric bills and all other sorts of such things. We have given groceries. That's a giving church. That's what Paul was so thankful for Philippi about. And Paul was speaking even here at Corinth and he's talking about how that they have done so much in that way just to be a blessing to others. Folks, that's the way we need to always be. Because it is that blessing to others that adds thanksgiving to God. And by their prayers for you, which long after you were for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. You know, as I look back through my ministry, the one thing that I can never, ever forget is the first time that Brother Jamie fixed up a, 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 a card for me. And he asked me what I wanted to put on it. And that was at the very start of our ministry. I was scared to death. <laughs> Didn't know what to do or how to do it. But this one thing I knew. Verse 13 said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And that's what He put on my, my card. Folks, I want you to realize we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. Yes, contentment comes to us as we rely fully upon the Lord as His children. We may not know about tomorrow, but we know who holds tomorrow. We may not know what tomorrow may bring, sunshine or rain, leanness or plenty, sorrow or happiness, loss or gain, but I know as the Apostle Paul knew, I know both how to abase and how to abound. Where was the Apostle's confidence? It was in his Lord, just like ours needs to be today. You look out and you're about to, make a, about to make a decision in your life and you're thinking, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know what this is going to turn out to be. But this one thing I do know, I know God is leading me and that's all that matters. Folks, that's where you need to come to to be happy with whatever God places before you. But my God, as we look in verse 19, shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Matthew 6 and Matthew chapter 7 are two great chapters. They talk to us about how God cares for His children. How that there's nothing that's going to go without the eye of God being upon it and His hand around it. You are His child. Know that. You're His children. And all He wants for His children is just like you want for your children, only the best. You know how you get that? Just follow Walk with Him. Stay by His side. And God will bless you. Now lastly, as I do come to a close here, in verses 20 down through verse 22 of Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul closes with this admonition. Give God glory due to His name and salute every child of God equally. And I add that again. 
salute all the children of God equally. Don't pick who you want to be kind to. Listen, if you're God's children, we need to be kind to all of them. Because as a matter of fact, as you look at these words here, you know, the word salute in the Greek means to enfold in the arms. It means to welcome and embrace and greet. He's saying all the, all the brethren salute you. It's as if we have hold each other in our arms. That godly, holy kiss that we talk of is, is not necessarily a kiss of the mouth. It is a shake of the hand. It is a hug. Whatever way of affection you can show to a brother or sister in Christ, he says, make sure it's known. This holy kiss found in Romans 16, 16 is a word that means a matter of religious awe, the notion of respect and veneration, a deserved respect and reverence. Give one another that kind of love. I've got uh, six or seven scriptures here, but I'll not turn to them. 1 Corinthians 16, 20, verses 23 and 24. 2 Corinthians 13, 11 through 14. 2 Thessalonians 5 and 26. And 1 Peter 5, 13 and 14. You know, as we look at these scriptures, as you look at them when you get home, it's all about how we treat each other. That holy kiss that we are uh, commanded from God's Word to give is a, is a recognition of the brotherhood. That's what it is. It's a recognition of saints loving one another. It's showing that. It's proving that by the way that we look to each other, by the way we treat each other. How do we treat one another means a great deal. Do we love the way we ought to? Do we show that kind of respect and, and, uh, and uh, all for one another? Listen, we're all God's children. You're saved by God's amazing grace. You're, you're a joint heir with Christ and we're joint heirs together. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And he says we need to also make sure that we treat each other the same way. Love and respect. That's how he closed out this letter to Philippi. And I pray tonight that we as a church will find it in our hearts to always be content. Whatever state that we're in, and learn how to be happy with whatever God does for us and wherever He takes us. But may God bless the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. May God bless the family of God as we continue to work together and strive for the advancement of this church in the kingdom of God. I believe one of the greatest traits a church can do is make sure that while we're striving together, we don't forget to love and be happy. Let's all stand, please. Gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before Your throne tonight, we do so with thankful heart. We thank You, dear God, for giving us this letter that Paul had written to Philippi. Because within it, there is so much for us to get a hold of. Especially in these latter, latter verses of Scripture here. Where it talks about how we are to be content 
whatever place we're in, whatever state we're in. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to bless this church. Help each and every member, Lord, to be happy in the life that you have given them. And help us to understand that you have orchestrated our lives. That you have architect and built around us the way that we are to go. Lord, I pray that you'll bless and help us to ever be faithful in our salvation and our love for one another. Lord, forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. Have our song leader, our pianist to come. Let's turn number 33.